0: show, welcome to episode 134, uh, quick disclaimer, you're going to learn about some things you might not want to know about me, uh, I guess this will have an, they all have an explicit little uh, what do you call it, a little explicit tab on it, but um, going to get a little dirty on this one, um, if you're my family and you don't want to know some things about me, well, you're gonna need to know some things. It's not bad, it's just, you know, personal stuff that you know, ah, whatever. But for those that are about struggling with um well, we'll get to the topic. But I again quick disclaimer, if you know, hope you guys uh I hope you liked the episode, but different topic and I uh I shared some things and I probably overshared, but so be it. Alright guys, we will get into the episode. guys back again uh so we're gonna kind of just get right into it um our next guest like i said i tell people where i find everybody and pod matches such a great place uh and we're gonna delve into a topic that i have yet to cover or talk much about and i try to get very personal with my life but you know there's certain avenues that just don't come up just because they're not relevant or uh haven't found a way to to bring it up but this is you know obviously mental health is is a you know, underlying theme of of the show, uh, or every episode pretty much, whether it's about me or someone else, Um, but uh, this one is going to go to a different topic, so if anyone, I hate to give this disclaimer, but if everyone has sensitive ears, then I guess you should probably not listen to this one, but uh, I'm going to be brutally honest myself, because like I said, I'm very interested in this topic, I don't think a lot of people talk about it enough, because... Uh, you know, people write some of these things off just because it's a little taboo or whatever. But I think that's kind of horseshit. shit. Um, but, yeah, why don't you uh, introduce yourself, buddy, and tell us a little about yourself.
1: Yeah, my name is Isaiah Cruz. I'm a psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner. I've been working in addiction medicine for the last six years. Um, I've been doing anything from uh, opiate addiction, alcohol addiction, uh, most recently pornography addiction. that's what we're going to talk a little bit about
0: how old are you now?
1: I'm 37.
0: Okay. So now what made you go to school for this? Or, you know, I don't know how you, I'm sure you go to school for this. So, yeah. What made you actually yeah. want to take this up?
1: So I uh, I started in a family practice setting as a family practice nurse practitioner six years ago. Got into the school and family practice, realized, ah, oh, this really isn't for me. I need a subspecialty. At the time, I was working as an emergency room nurse. And our, we had a psych unit attached uh, to the hospital. So we would get a lot of uh, psychiatric emergencies and a lot of dual diagnosis. Uh, people wanting to withdraw from drugs, street drugs, and w- they would do that there as well. So I had experience with it and uh, a job opening came up uh, locally. So I took it because uh, I don't, I don't like, not, I don't necessarily mind the addicted patient I kind of, uh, Fell into it, so to speak. Most people in the medicine world, it's a little bit even in the in the medical field. It's addictions it's still a little sensitive, um, even in regards to mental health. It's 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 in a holding category. So.
0: No, what I mean, like, okay, so you obviously took it for school and everything, but was it something? What was it about it that you really wanted to get into this field? Was it you just really like to help people, or?
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, in say 2016 is when I started the opiate ep- epidemic was really at its height kind of still is yeah. and I was applying for a DEA license prescribing that stuff and I just I decided I don't want to prescribe opiates I know some people need them but I, I've had several I guess not necessarily friends acquaintances people from high school I know who have uh, overdosed on drugs and I decided I wanted to be a part of the solution not a part of Big
0: problem. Right. Where Where do you live? Indiana. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, I live in Pennsylvania and we have a, uh, you know, Philadelphia is Philadelphia, but it, it, it is all over. And we have a, we have a good while. We had a huge problem with heroin and fentanyl and, um, mm-hmm. but, but opioids is, it's always a recurring thing. We actually, the town I live in has a huge, uh, crisis center or a, uh, rehab center. And they, mm-hmm. They take people, and of course, a lot of people down here didn't like it when they built it because, you know, there's a lot of people that aren't necessarily, you know, the best people to have around here um, because a lot of them are criminals and they have past of drug abuse and so on. And, you know, some of them are trying to better themselves and some of them are taking advantage and whatever. But anyway, there's just been that big fight around here for that stuff. But the opioid problem, it's you see how bad it gets and it sucks because it's very easy to get hooked on it. And I've never done drugs in my life, but I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's prescribed for, for so many different type of pains, especially people who have chronic pain. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's so frequent. And, and the sad part is it's actually easier to get on the street than it is from your doctor.
1: Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, uh, yeah, that's hard.
0: Yeah. I mean, as a person, like, because, um, you know, he and I haven't got to know each other too much. So I'm legally blind from a very rare condition when I was a kid. Um, and so my eyes sometimes are very red and it always looks like I'm stoned. And, you know, there's so many times people come up to me like, hey, what do you got? Can I get what you have? Or, uh, And sometimes I find it amusing, but sometimes it's really annoying. Uh, more, yeah. more so when I was living in Philly. I don't really get it much around here. Uh, but you know mm-hmm. there there would be times people come up to me like hey man you want you know you want some Percocets you want this and you want volume you want that and I'm like oh dude I'm good no thanks I'm good it's it's not even cool. that it's illegal I'm just like I'm I'm good I don't I don't need any of that stuff I got enough pills. right yeah but that that's how easy it was to get I mean it's just I'm I'm just literally walking around my neighborhood and just some random guy I don't I don't know has the whole stash of pills so I can imagine, you know, you probably see a lot of characters and a lot of people that are just struggling with this problem that probably wasn't their problem until recently or, I mean, some people have for long term. But I mean, it, it, like I said, it, sometimes it just comes out of nowhere with these addictions.
1: Yeah, uh, that's a repeated story I get. Uh, somebody injured, get a, a legit injury, sprained ankle, broken bone, even a toothache. Doctor gives them Percocets or, or Narcos. And they either like the feeling, or they get sick when they stop, or something like that. So it just continues from there. That's a pretty common
0: scenario there. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, so you started off by trying to help people with those type of problems with opioid issues. You, it Correct. Ov- it, yeah. It it evolved it later on.
1: Yeah. So I did an opiate addiction, some alcohol, for last uh, from 2016 to 2020. Uh, COVID hit and um, had to change jobs, and I went to strictly alcohol addiction, doing alcohol addiction online, um, which which I like just as well. The thing with alcohol addiction, um, so opiate addiction, obviously you overdose, and, and that's lethal. So alcohol addiction has less potential for lethality as far as uh, overdosing, but withdrawing from alcohol can be lethal. People, with opiates, you feel like you want to die. With alcohol, people have died from alcohol withdrawal. Right. So it's a, it's a little more um, medically uh, sensitive as far as keeping the people out of seizures and things like that.
0: Yeah. Uh, what was it like to, to see, like your, first, like, your first interaction with someone who's really in bad shape, maybe knocking on death's door, if you will? I guess it is, you know, I mean, I'm sure now, I don't want to say you're desensitized, but it comes with a job where you have to kind of be used to these situations. But what was it like early on when you actually had to see somebody, you know, really in a rough, having a real rough time? Yeah,
1: so um, I think I want to answer that in two, two parts here. I was an emergency room nurse, so I've seen a lot of overdoses and done chest compressions and pushed Narcan, which is a heroin reversible drug. And uh, so I've, I've seen it on that end. Um, I'm not sure if that's exactly what you were, you were asking, but that's another, another um, critical piece because I, I saw it at that end. But um, sitting down in the office with a patient, I remember one of, one of the guys, he, we grew up in the same similar area, not quite the same, same exact city, but very, very close. And we had a lot in common. And I realized I'm just like, three or four bad decisions away from being on the other side of this desk. Uh, there's like the stereotype for an opiate addict or heroin addict is, you know, homeless, the guy on the street, and, and society views it as lower than lower than scum. Yeah. And then to have this guy come in about my age, from the same background, and it's like just had a car accident and was prescribed medication and that kind of spiraled it down and, and he's just using... Um, it was methadone at the time. He, he transitioned from methadone to suboxone for just for pain control. And he couldn't stop because it goes through withdrawals, And it was, it was taking away his life, his money, his, his, his health. Uh, and it was kind of just a, a good eye opener for me to, um, I, I can always draw on that story. If I find myself lacking empathy, because uh, people, people, uh, in the medical field, shy away from addictions for a reason. It's it's hard. It's hard, just like hospice. I did hospice as well, and that's emotionally hard as well. But it's emotionally hard, and, and it, you can kind of get a little numb to it. And when you, when you find yourself doing that, you just have to take a step back and, and reset yourself. And I can always go back to that guy. Really, kind of changed my career in, in that. I can look back in that and have more empathy for each one of my patients.
0: Well, that's awesome because not a lot of people can do that. It's very insightful and thoughtful yeah. because it's hard for someone who I don't want to say has it all, but in in comparison to your patients and oh, people yeah. you're dealing with, they're in such rough shape. And the mm-hmm. fact that you know that, like, like like you said, even with homeless, like we don't realize that we're probably too bad. You know, non-payments or something like we don't pay our bills or taxes or whatever. We're in really rough yeah. shape. You know, same thing, like I said, with, with me being having a disability, like you're one bad car accident away from being disabled. Yeah. But a lot of people don't sure. think that stuff because they 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 feel, they feel like they're so far removed from that situation. Mm-hmm. But again, a lot of these people, um, you know, I talked to my mom, who who is a um, registered nurse in the, the ER, and they talk about because they have such strict rules on... Uh, medication and, and everything needs to be documented and where, you know, where this went, where that went, because a lot of nurses, not a lot, but I mean, there are nurses out there that end up uh, succumbing to taking certain pills and stuff because they hurt their back lifting mm-hmm. a patient or anything like that. And, mm-hmm. and that's why it's like, yeah, there may be somebody on your table right now screaming and in pain or, you know, whatever. And they just want some sort of pill to, to suppress that pain. But you can't look at them like, oh, that would never be me because just pull, you know, pull your back out and let's see what happens. It doesn't mean you will, but you're not, you're really not that far from it because when you're in agonizing pain, you know, there are some stuff out there that will kind of numb it for a while. And Mm -hmm. unfortunately, those pills don't last forever. So then you got to take another one and another one and then you may be right where that patient is. So it's, it's really cool that you actually were able to put yourself in their shoes because I think that's something that's so missed or it's really missing in the world in general um, and why there's such a divide in every single area in life right now because we don't know how to put ourselves in other people's shoes and it's just a debate on what someone thinks about something but they don't really know what the other side feels and what, how that would affect them. Um, and so as a person who, you know, like I said, you went to school, you you were making money and you have a a good job and you know, you, you, you have a home to come to, but Mm you looking at a person who is, you know, not doing so well and you can see yourself that could be me in a couple, you know, in a year or so, if if I make the same decisions. Mm -hmm. Um, so how, how, how did we, you know, how, how long did you do? as far as drug and alcohol for, as far as rehabbing and, and helping people?
2: Yeah,
1: so I did it in uh, face-to-face until the pandemic hit, and then I went virtually. I'm still I'm still working with alcohol addiction and okay. pornography addiction. Not doing opiate addiction anymore. Um, it's a little more difficult over telemedicine because what you prescribe is controlled substances, and I guess a little gray area with the DEA and everything. So
0: right.
1: uh, a little harder to do when you work from home.
0: Now, how do you how do you help people virtually like just you know typical yeah. situation, how do you do it
1: so um, there I work for a company that have a whole alcohol program and um, so I do the medication part of it we have therapists involved in everything so I do a little bit of therapy here and there um, when time allows it because I'm a psychiatric nurse practitioner as well I, I am allowed to do therapy but I usually um, leave it up to the therapist who one, are better at it than I am, and two, have more time in each visit to get into the therapy part of things. So I handle the medicine. There's about five different medications we use for alcohol addiction, and um, then we have a breathalyzer to keep help keep accountability. And, uh, yeah, it's it's a kind of a neat thing.
0: Yeah, it seemed like you had a real aptitude for this. Like, is this something you were kind of meant to do? It, it's a... Uh... Yeah, it's really good. Now, how, how did you get into, like, what made you want to help people with porn addiction?
1: Yeah, uh, several things. Um, uh, so medically speaking, I kind of stumbled upon it. I was treating people for alcohol addiction and going in for refills. I had about five people in the course of about three months tell me, I don't take this for alcohol anymore. I take it for porn. It keeps me away from porn. And that really took me back. Because, so one, porn addiction's pretty... Uh, taboo, a lot of shame involved with it.
0: Sure.
1: And uh, so I'm thinking, my if you know th- these guys were able to tell me, that took a lot of guts. How many people are taking it for this and aren't telling me? So then I started researching. There's been several medical studies done on on naltrexone for pornography use and uh, antidepressants like a citalopram for uh, um, uh, internet sex addiction or compulsive sexual behavior. So, um, so I was going to ask you
0: because is there a difference between a porn addiction and a sex addiction? Is it just is it just a part of a sex addiction?
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, can you can you really, have a
0: sex addiction? Can you have a porn addiction without like constantly wanting sex from other people? You know what I'm saying? Like
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, that's kind of how most of it goes. Most people tend to choose porn over people because porn's easier. People, you have emotions and and uh, you know like. If you're, if you're married or in, in a monogamous relationship, your partner's not going to want to have sex every time you want to, but the right. computer
0: will. Right, it's right. always ready. Well, because I say, I so, asked you that just, well, obviously, because I like to know, like distinguish if there is a difference, but also, like, I remember when Tiger Woods was in the news for cheating on his wife and all, and it came out, he was sleeping with all these women, and they're like, oh, yeah. he must have a sex addiction, and it's like... I'm not saying there's no such thing as a sex addiction, porn addiction. I do agree with, but the sex addiction, I'm, there is, I'm sure there's some really good examples of that, but a lot of times, especially when it comes to guys, a lot of times, especially when you're that famous and you can get laid by whoever you want, no matter what they look like. I don't know if it's, I mean, he was making some stupid decisions to getting laid, right? But I still don't think he had a sex addiction. I think he was just, whatever his wife was boring or bland or whatever it was. Um, because, you know, these guys just passed these women around, so she just, you know, after she left them, she moved and married another golfer. So these, like, women are in the same circles. So they And a lot mm-hmm. of times, they want to keep up an image, too. Like, oh, I'm married, and we got this wholesome life, but in reality, deep down, you're kind of a filthy person, and that's fine, fine. but, you know, they want you to betray that they're great. So I always want to, I always never like, I don't know how to tiptoe around the sex addiction part because there's so much, people love to throw sex addiction a lot of, anytime a guy, especially a guy, does a lot of weird things for sex. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it's like getting prostitutes or anything. It's like, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe that's just what he's into. I don't know. But yeah, but, but go ahead. I'm sorry. I kind of. Right.
1: Well, it goes back to how you define the word addiction.
0: Right.
1: Uh, so I, I define addiction, doing something that's harmful to you. is going to hurt you not wanting to do it and continuing to do it. Yeah. So, could could he be sleeping around with people uh, and not be a sex addict? Well, if he doesn't want to stop, then no. Uh, if it's not hurting him, well, then no. Well, with 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 sleeping around with multiple partners, you have a an objective risk for infections. Yeah. So that's always always going to be a risk. But so it, it depends on how what, how the person's mentality is. You can. Um, a good example is I treat people for porn. Some of the people, you you know, typically you hear of a porn addict, you you think of somebody who's watching porn all day, every day. Yeah. Right. So I have people who, who watch porn once a month or twice a year, but they don't want to, and they find themselves doing it anyway. And it's harmful to them because their wives don't want them doing it or their husbands because females do it as well. Oftentimes, uh, one one particular example is a gentleman, uh, a religious person, you know, volunteers in his church, and it just eats him up inside when he watches porn. That you know, two three times a year, that he slips up and watches porn, and he feels guilty, shameful, like a hypocrite, and swears he'll never do it again. Two months later, he slips up again. Well, depending on how you define addiction, that still could fall under the the definition of addiction, and. Not, not everybody's going to need medication for it, but this particular guy has been doing it for 10 years off and on like that for 10 years. And just finally uh, he came from for medication and it helped them help them stay away from uh, the
2: Right.
0: No, I I, yeah, I, I, at the same token, I could easily see religion has, has always been a huge problem with that, where it, it doesn't allow you to experience what you want to experience and you have to, again, it's an image thing. It's it's a whole thing you have to keep up. And if you, I mean, jerking off a few times a year to porn, I mean, there might just be some things he just wants to delve into, but he can't. It, it's a lot of these guys who get married to women, even though they're gay. It's just to keep up an image. But deep down, they really want to explore with men. And it's like, why? I mean, especially now in 2022. Um, again, I don't know. Yeah, but you're right. Like, I mean, it could definitely be perceived to be an addiction. I don't. I don't want to, like, you know put someone down, but I, I also, there's also something, there's also another factor to it and religion always kind of complicates things because you really, because it's kind of like the teenage girl where if you tell her you can't do something, well, she's probably going to go do it, sex or not, drugs, whatever you say, don't do it. And then her friends say, it's cool. It's like, well, I'm going to go do it anyway. Um, yeah
1: yeah there's always that element of it and you want
0: to you want to try something and so it's like for him it's like he gets some sort of thrill and there's a feeling he gets from jerking off to porn that he doesn't get in his regular life because it's all happy-go-lucky and we die for our you know jesus died for our sins and all these things but there might be a part of him that you you can believe in all that and and love all that and still you know like some filthy things i mean you know, so you can make the same argument to him. Like, Hey God invented that too. So I mean, have fun. Right. But, um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, is there like a real definition to porn addiction? Cause I ask, cause there are guys who jerk. And again, I've, I've been there, you know, sorry, mom and grandma, if you hear this, but oh, well, um, you know, you, you jerk off multiple times a day to porn. And I, I still don't, I mean, you could say whether it's healthy or unhealthy, but if you're not in a relationship, um, mm-hmm. You know, like if you're just just doing, some people do it for boredom, some whatever. But like in my case, like I just was like, okay, well, I'm turned on or I'm bored or whatever. But it's not like, oh God, I need to watch another one. It's just, it just, you know, does what I it takes care of my need. So for you, like, is there like a do you have a real definition? Because we know what drug and alcohol addiction is, um, yeah. but, but porn is is a really iffy one because you don't, not enough people talk about it
1: right and it's it, non-substance use addictions are hard to define there's right. like porn like sex is a natural thing our bodies want but if you take it to the extreme just like eating eating there's food addictions, and uh, so it kind of falls in that category sure. as far as uh, in mental health we use a, a thing called the icd 10 which is like the the dictionary for all mental health diagnosis there is no pornography addiction in that diagnostic so there's no actual diagnostic criteria for pornography addiction it falls under either internet sex addiction or compulsive sexual behavior uh so um i had something when you were saying i can't remember <laughs>
0: well while, while you're thinking um, about it like is, is can you like explain certain behaviors that uh, yeah. a, a, a porn addict would would go through
1: yeah, so intrusive thoughts throughout your day um, about pornography. Maybe you close your eyes and see images. Or uh, it's 3 o'clock, you get off of work at 5 o'clock, and I can't wait to get home to, to be at home with my computer. Uh, those are called intrusive thoughts. That's one sign. Uh, social isolation. Choosing not to go out with friends and choosing porn instead. That's another kind of a red flag. And then um, after chronic pornography is just like with anything else there's uh changes in your brain so your brain physically changes there's been several studies and brain imaging studies that um che- that changes in your brain to a prefrontal cortex to the nucleus accumbens that mimic a cocaine addiction so the, that same reward pathways are being exploited and altered then there's a phenomenon called dopamine down regulation so basically what that means is you kind of build up a tolerance to dopamine so your body's used to getting these high spikes of dopamine with pornography uh, every day or twice a day or uh, whatever it is and then you, the amount of dopamine it takes for you to get excited is higher so when you go to spend time with your loved ones or give your family a hug the amount of dopamine release there is low so low that your body doesn't respond as, as well to it. So you get less joy out of life because of the chronic pornography use.
0: Right. So so what is the thrill for on average or whatever for a sex or a porn addict? Is it is it orgasming? Is it just constantly watching a porn, like opening their computer? Like what what is the thrill? Like we know <clears throat> when someone snorts cocaine rocks up their nose that feeling, mm-hmm. you know, when someone gets high or drunk, like that's the feeling. So, what what is for the most part? What is the feeling for a, for a porn act?
1: Well, it's going to differ from other other people, but the the basis behind it is the same as a cocaine addict. They want that dopamine release. So, what now? What, how they get there is different. So, and most porn people will tell you they didn't start out with the extreme stuff. They started out with soft core porn, and then before you know it, things that they used to see find as disgusting. They need that in order to get that dopamine release because your brain likes novelty. And, and that's, and porn is novel. If you want a, a blonde today and a redhead tomorrow, you can have that or, or do something that's uh, com- more and more extreme in order for your brain to say, okay, this is new. I like this. Yeah. And that's, that's they're, they're chasing the same high
0: as the drug addict. Yeah. I know, I know what you mean there. Cause it, it we we you know how old are you? Thirty seven. Thirty seven. Okay, I'm thirty three. So we we grew up you know r- roughly the same time, and you know when we were young, there was we were kind of the last generation like right before the internet was a thing, yeah. and so uh-huh. we had, you know when you're a kid when you're like young you know when guys boys start kind of jerking off around somewhere between like ten and above somewhere in that mm-hmm. age I don't know when I started but I would say somewhere ten eleven twelve that area. And, you know, you see softcore porn, you see like magazines, like if you had a kid who had a Playboy or something like that, you're like, oh, that kid's cool. And then mm-hmm. we had these things, these little chip boxes where you can get pay-per-view and you can get like the Spice mm-hmm. Channel. And oh, yeah. and it was like, oh, my God, it was the greatest thing ever. And it showed up in the middle of the night. And I know I'm showing way too enthusiasm to explain this, but. <laughs> it, but it, 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 for me, it showed, for most of the day, it showed horse racing. And then it was like 12.05. It was a random time, like 12.05 or something like that. It would just randomly cut into softcore porn. It would be on until like 6 in the morning. And it was like it was the greatest thing ever. And then at some point... Comcast and all them started to realize what channels you were paying for. So they would put a block on it. So then we went dry for no kind of porn for a long time, for a few years. And then, because if you wanted to pay for porn, you had to, or if you wanted porn, you had to actually pay for it, whether it was online or through Comcast or Verizon or any of them. And then this huge wave of free porn hit and it, it destroyed a lot of men, a lot of people, but definitely men. Um, and like what you were saying with the variety if you are in the mood for a Chinese girl who's five foot eight and you know, whatever you could pick, you could pick whatever you want, hair color, you could pick scenarios, you could pick whatever you want now. And back in the day it was like, Oh, you only had whatever was in front of you. You didn't have a choice. So whatever was on TV or whatever was in that newspaper or magazine, that was what you had to get off to. And you were like, screw it. But now you actually have choices and um i'm yeah i'm sure some of that gets into the psychological like mind of you know oh now, like yeah that girl may have been attracted to you 2 days ago but right now it does nothing for me um right yeah i mean it's it's a again like i said i i have addictive it, i i have like addictive behaviors that i do, i just i'm good at like keeping myself from stuff that's why i never do drugs i don't drink um but i've i've, I've shown it in like video games and stuff but when it comes to like porn, you can make a case, I guess, but in reality, it's still pretty healthy cuz I don't do like I could go days without ever doing it. It's not a big mm-hmm. deal to me. So it it it's just but there's times where like I I do kind of exude that kind of behavior like, "Ah, eh, all right, black girl with red hair. Cool. I'm good." Like yeah. it's yeah. but it, it it's a it's a thing cuz it it really you start to make decisions and then and I'm sure you've had this where the guilt comes afterwards. Cause sometimes mm-hmm. you do it and it's just something you would never even like ever be turned on by, but you're like, Oh, and you have to, then you have to look at yourself afterwards. Cause there's a lot of guilt right. that, especially when you're young, it's like, cause I remember mm-hmm. I had a kid in, in high school, he came up to me and was like, if you jerk off to porn, you're, this is, this is his words. Like you're a faggot, which made no, made no sense <laughs> to, to, in any way, even if you were jerking off to, to women. And again, like it's yeah. just stupid kids saying dumb stuff. Yeah. And okay. so then I had to think about that. So then I'm sitting there after I get off. It's like, and it wasn't even that I thought I was gay. It was just that I was like, I just felt like I was a loser. And I'm like, right. ugh. But now, like, the older yeah. you get, now you're more mature. And if you're making these certain decisions, it's like, ugh, God. Like, I'm still doing this at 33? What's wrong with me? Yeah. Yeah. But if it yeah. keeps yeah, you, you from up- doing other stupid stuff, then, hey, whatever.
1: <laughs> yeah. The lesser of the two evils, right?
0: <laughs> right. But go ahead. I'm sorry. What were we going to so- say?
1: You brought up two things, uh, kids and kids being exposed to porn and then like the ethics behind porn. Uh-huh. So back when we were kids, the worst thing you could get was a scrambled television show or a Playboy magazine right. where you saw boobies. And now I, I was exposed to, exposed to porn at, at 10. And I, and I remember my buddy, my neighbor, had his uncle, we went to his uncle's to go swimming and he had uh, Playboys. And it was like the coolest thing in the world because I was 10 years old. And like that was the extent of it. And then um, I got exposed another a little bit later. You know, same, same idea with pay-per-view. Uh, recorded like, a, you know, 10 years we into like WWF. Right. So it, those were on pay-per-view back then. So whoever recorded it, put it on a VHS tape and just left <laughs> it recording all night. Uh-huh. Well, after the, 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 the wrestling, the, the adult channels, and I, I, I kind of just stumbled upon it and I thought it was cool, yep. but that's nothing compared to what 10-year-olds can get now.
2: No, and just the
1: hardcoreness of it can destroy a person. But, um, so, um, let's see, a couple of statistics, um, 94% of kids will be exposed to porn by age 14, which doesn't necessarily mean they're doing it every day, but that's still too high of a number. I think uh, there needs to be some better controls on our internet. Like, uh, as a nurse, I'm allowed uh, certain discounts. Like, I think it's Under Armour will give me a nurse's, like, first responder's discount. Uh, But in order to do that, I have to go to id.me, put in my license number, and give them my nursing license number, and do all this stuff to get this code so I can get 5% off at Under Armour. 94. Why don't they have that for adult websites, and so that to protect these kids from some of the outrageous stuff that, that's out there?
0: Yeah, ninety-four percent. That's I mean, you might as well make it a hundred at this point. Yeah, I mean, it. I know for a second though, I actually was like, maybe that's too low, because I, I I can't that's imagine right. I can't imagine someone up till fourteen still hasn't seen porn. It's like, right. you know, like I've met girls who are virgins in their 20s or guys who are virgins in their 30s or whatever, mm-hmm. but I've never met anyone who's actually waited till they were 21 to drink. But I've never mm-hmm. met anyone who's never seen some sort of sexual content before like 12. Mm-hmm. And, right. you know, I mean, how it comes up it just comes up, whatever. But I mean, again, we had to actually try to find stuff now. Right. Like you Google anything. You can Google Donald Trump and somehow some random thing will come up about Ivanka's feet or some random shit. And you're like, how did I get here? Like, this is not, I swear I'm behaving myself. I'm not trying to look up anything sexual. And, or even if you, like with the the feet thing, you Google search any woman, like the sixth Mm -hmm. most popular search of that person is something ass or feet or tits or something. And you're like, Jesus, like we are just, we are in a world of, we're fucked but it's cause that's, I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm not a very deviant person. I'm into what I'm into, but I'm, I'm also just, you know, I'm very tame in comparison to these people. Cause I, I see what people are buying. Like people are uh, buying used underwear and socks. Off of, I'm like, if I ever do that, I'm killing myself. Like if anyone ever caught me doing that, I'm killing myself. Cause I'm like, that, that's an all time low. I saw these people gambling at a uh, a laundromat and I'm like, wow, that's an all time low. Like I can't, I'm not judging them, but I'm like, I, I have to try to find ways to feel better about myself. And I'm like, my God, like if I ever thought I had a real porn addiction or anything or sex addiction, I'm like, I am not buying you socks. So, uh, that does nothing for me. Um, sorry. So I'm going to jump it off. Is, you, is there more statistics you had?
1: I, I do, but I do just want to, uh, that's the shame behind a pornography addiction or a sex addiction. Cause I mean, I, 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 I would do just want to say that there's no reason for, I, I know you're just using kill yourself as an expression, yeah, yeah, yeah. but there might be some people who do buy underwear who are listening to this. Sure, sure. So <laughs> no, I'm not, don't, kill yourself. Yeah, yeah, don't <laughs> kill yourself. yeah. Don't kill yourself.
0: I'm just saying me personally. Cause I'm like that for me, like that would be my bottom. And I look, I've hit, I, I've bottom. talked about yeah. it on here. I've hit bottom mentally. I try to kill myself. So this isn't, I am not judging anyone. Like I said, the reason we're even talking about this is cause I'm not judging. And I, I, I don't know what right. it's like to, to really, like I have sexual urges and sure. And when you hit dry spells and you don't have a physical being to sleep with, um, yeah, you get frustrated and you start making stupid decisions online, like texting exes or whatever to try to get that feel, that dopamine of like, oh man, I just want to get horny and, and, and just have that. There's like, there's a certain feeling. It's one thing to be turned on, but it's another feeling where it's just like, it's uncontrollable. And, and, and that feeling feels so good for a little while, but you do stupid shit for it. Um, mm-hmm. and you do that more. I think most people do that, especially when they're young, cause you don't know how to control that, that part of you, but the older you get, you're still doing it. I think that's where it really becomes an addiction. Uh, yeah. So, you yeah. know, but yeah, no, I, yeah, I don't want anyone to kill themselves. It's just for me, that would be my all time low. Cause that's like, I, I use clothing on any, I don't care how attractive the girl is. I don't want your clothing. I really don't. I have enough clothes myself, and I don't need clothes around here I can smell. I just don't.
1: Yeah, two things about that. I saw a video. This, this guy was selling girls' underwear. He'd wear them around all day, work out in them, and then sell them and pretend to be a girl. So he, like, people were thinking they're buying a sexy girl's underwear. It's really a dude.
0: <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I mean, look. <laughs> look, uh, for the people who are selling them, good for them because they're making a shit. Some of these girls are making thousands of dollars. And they're just going started. to Walmart buying socks and underwear. Right. It's like, just good for you. Shit. Yeah. And
1: then the second... Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Um, yeah, you mentioned the, the ethics behind porn. Uh, I, the, uh, I was on a podcast, I think, last week. And the guy was pretty open about his porn. He's like, I watch porn. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm like, you know, what? I'm not judging you. I'm not here to tell you that porn is wrong or porn is okay. That's, you have to make that determination for yourself. Sure, But a person should make an educated decision about it. So uh, porn is the third most leading, uh, most common type of sex trafficking is, is in the pornography industry. And that's, that's reported by the national human trafficking hotline. Okay. The lines of uh, consent is kind of blurred with pornography. Uh, so um, if you've watched a decent amount of pornography, there's a chance you've watched porn where that person did not give consent to have sex or consent for that video to be released. So then, think about the ethics behind that.
0: Now, are we talking um, now? Now, is this is this worldwide or is this America? Because there is a lot of these casting couches, these weird things where they <laughs> hide cameras and stuff like that. But like if you're talking about like the mainstream, right. again, I shouldn't even know all this. My family's going to hate me. But like BangBus and and all these different things, these Bang Bros and and Brazzers and all these like high end companies, they're the ones that really test for STDs and and. Uh, so, are we talking mainstream, or are we talking about just as a whole, and we're talking about worldwide, or just United
1: so States? So, the first one, the the sex trafficking, that was from the National Human Trafficking Hotline, uh, USA. Okay. So that, that that's just the national one. Uh, enough. Then, then we have to think about consent. As far as is this person under the influence when they gave consent? Okay. Was this person coerced into giving consent? Uh, was and then the ethics behind this is their job. Yeah. But if they don't do this film, are they going to have money to eat or money to get a hotel for the night? Or they might be homeless without it. Like then that's not much better than prostitution at that point. And then sure. Yeah. There's just some porn stars are making crazy amounts of money, but there's a lot who are are doing this out of desperation. And then just to think about the ethics behind that, it doesn't sit well with me. Mm. And, um,
0: but I mean, but, as far and as the, then, uh, uh, human trafficking, is is that, is that a lot of that still coming from, I mean, you would know, I have no idea, I'm just asking, but as far as like the mainstream, like are a lot of these, are, are some of these girls, like, you know, like one of the big things people are talking about nowadays is like the R. Kelly thing. Like he had this whole horde of, this cult of women that he kept in rooms and made them piss and shit in buckets and they had to, when he wanted sex and when they, whatever he wanted, he, he has to, he has to tell them when he wants it and if they want to eat, they want something, they have to come to him. Um, and again a lot of these girls because they, they turn out so many different young girls you see a new girl coming out every time uh in porn like are we talking about like i said because there's a difference between this mainstream porn and then there's the, the the japanese and german porn where they're doing all kind of disgusting things um
1: but well, yeah anybody with a smartphone can make a porn and uh and then Pornhub will let you upload stuff. So anybody's a porn star now. Um,
0: yeah. but, but I mean, it, I mean, I mean kind of, is, like the major companies, like the ones that like the, right. like we, the people we know by name, uh, the stars, mm-hmm. can we know them by their body shape? You know, they're the one making toys and molds of themselves and all like the people that have names, like are these companies that these, these actresses or whatever you want to call them, um, you know, are, are we talking about mainstream porn? Because when you start talking about, child trafficking, obviously it gets really serious and you can definitely right. see it in the really grungy, uh, like I said, casting couch type stuff. But are we talking about mainstream as well? Cause if you know, I mean, that's a huge problem if it is.
1: Yeah. I don't have a good answer for that, yeah. but it, it goes to, to the, back to the definition, how do you define sex trafficking? Cause oftentimes it's, <laughs> it's coercion and or dependence. If they make this person dependent on them, for their money or the the producer will say hey stay with me while you get your get your first paycheck and the, and then before you know it he's he or she is the one holding the money then they're dependent on that person for their livelihood well, that might fall under sex trafficking and and or coercion because uh, if you get some real famous big directors and producers uh just like uh coaches and their student athletes the, the coach has a lot of sway Emotionally over them, and that person who's famous, and, and the person looks up to them. They they have a lot of sway, and are they using it appropriately or misusing their their um, relationship with them?
0: Yeah, just kind of like, depends it on how you define that. Yeah, yeah. No, I gotcha. Yeah, I mean, because I'm I'm sure a lot of these girls they watch this stuff and they 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 see somebody and I'm like, oh, she's gorgeous and look how awesome she is, but they don't really know what she had to go right. through because. There's, I mean, it was known that there's a lot of guys had to sleep with other guys just to get in the industry. And that wasn't even what they were into, but it was something that's like, well, if you want to make money in this industry, like there's certain stuff in porn that you have, like you may not want to be with black guys, but you have to sleep with black guys because it makes the most money. Or, you know, because maybe maybe you're more into women, but women doesn't sell like anal or, or some other category. And there's a lot of things these girls have to do uh, to just make the money they want to make. Even if they've been in the business for a good while, they have to make certain decisions. Unless, you know, now I know OnlyFans and a lot of that stuff has come out that is making it a little more, is making it better for them, made more fruitful uh, for their financial ventures. But it, when it comes to just like the mainstream point, mean, there was that one guy, uh, I forget his name, but he went to jail for a good while for just doing horrible things, just beating women and whatever. He was, I guess he was paying them all right, but he was doing so many horrible things and just hurting them. Like, it wasn't even that he was doing disgusting things. He was also hurting the women. Uh, right. And, and that was what he went to jail for. Yeah.
1: That brings me to my next st- statistic. Nine out of ten porn videos have violence or aggression towards women. And of those, nine out of ten, eight out of ten of those have positive or neutral reactions by the women. So that's training all these young teenagers who are watching porn. That's training them that women like to be uh, abused or, or violence or aggression towards them because sure. the porn stars will react in a positive light to that. And I'm not knocking you if you're into that, but we, we kind of have to agree that that's not normal. That's not the norm. Most people aren't into, into violence in, in regards to sex.
0: Yeah. No, I, I've watched a lot of interviews and stuff just like with actresses, like porn actresses just talking about like their time in the adult industry. And a lot of them will say like, we pray for when, like we're so happy when we actually get to sleep around on a bed because we get to, we mm-hmm. have to, we have to do all these weird positions and sleep on, we get to fuck on a rock quarry or some random place. And it's like, it's not that fun. Like it, it, there's a lot of the stuff that just isn't right. that fun, but we have to, we edit it to make it, makes it look so good. Um, and I do think they have come out with certain companies that have been uh, more positive towards women, uh, more sexual and rom- like romance, and and uh, you know there's a couple companies out that I've, I've seen that are are more towards women and what they like. But yeah, you're right. I mean, a lot of it is very degrading towards women. You're like, well, they're fucking on camera, but it's like, no, there's a difference. There's a, there's a mm-hmm. lot of it where it's just you know where the guy's sleeping with a girl and he's just putting his foot on her head and you know slapping around all that and the girl has to say she's into it and it's it's some of it is like it, it like i said i'm i'm glad i have a heart and i'm glad i can watch that stuff and then go okay i'm i'm out cuz this is like not fun like it, it it's one right. thing when a girl's really into it and and it's it, it's a consensual thing but this is also a problem and i'm sure you know it's part of your statistics is that a lot of especially these young guys they get with these young girls and They expect them to do what they see on the screen, and that is not, regardless if they're a virgin or not, you can't. I mean, you can't take from one relationship to the next anyway. You can't imagine. You can't just say one girl's into what the last girl's into anyway. But when you take what was on the screen in porn and you just imagine, oh, I'm gonna do all these things and she's gonna be into all that. I'm gonna spit on her. I'm gonna do. And like, no, no, that's not like. That's not like normal. People aren't into that shit for the most part, and it, it, it really and that's I mean that's. I'm sure that's how some, some certain rapes happen because guys don't get what they want. And also just mm-hmm. girls get physically hurt because the guy is trying things that she would never ever try. It's just he saw it and he wanted to mimic it. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. That that brings the uh, sexual expectations. A lot of teenagers, are getting their sex education from porn. Yeah. So that one, it's going to lower your expectation. You're not going to go to have sex and, and the girl's going to have an orgasm once every minute like that's not that's not real life the average girl a woman takes about 15 to 30 minutes to have an orgasm and that's not what that's not what's on porn so your expectations going in is going to be like okay that's this isn't real life and and as, and as adults you and i know that it's not real but a lot of the teenagers they don't they think this is what this is what it's supposed to be
0: Yeah, I mean, I've been with girls who can orgasm pretty frequently, pretty easily if she's into you. But then I've been with girls that Mm -hmm. took forever. It, 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 Mm -hmm. that's the stuff. And again, and another thing that a misconception with porn is not every girl gets off in porn. Like there's Mm -hmm. girls that just don't get off because it's they have because all those angles they have to do, and it's just they're they're kind of uncomfortable with the camera. But again, it makes them money. It's their job, so they're performing. They 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 really are actresses. I mean, they like to be called that. I know they don't really like the term porn star. Some of them don't anyway. Regardless of whatever you want to call them, but they are, they really are acting in a lot of ways. Yes, they may be really doing, I mean, they're really indulging in the sex, but some of it isn't as pleasurable as they're making it seem just because, like I said, there's so much to it that you you don't, if you pull the, you you turned around the fourth wall, there's like six people there with cameras. It's not, it's not just them in a bed. You know, it's not it's, that's not how it goes, and so a lot of these girls like, and then a lot of times these girls get into, they get close enough to orgasm, and then they have to shoot around another scene, or or they gotta move because they didn't get, you know, they didn't get in, in focus, and and they just they ruin the moment. So it, there's a lot of it that people don't see; they just see what they want to see, and 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 what what the camera is showing you, and, and so it really does. You have once you, I've done enough research on it just because I just looked it up, and sometimes I'm just bored and. You know, there's times I've watched silly porn just not for pleasure, just for silliness, because there's so much silly crap out there. But there's a lot of times I like to I like to like see where these people come from. And and yes, there's the typical oh my dad wasn't there and you know whatever I fell into porn, and I had a rough life and all. But there's girls just like look, I like sex and this is what I do. But I'm I'm curious about because they're, they're they're written off people like oh they're all dumb bimbos who just are whores and it's like it's not always the case that but you know, there are definitely a lot of lost women in porn for sure. And it, it, it doesn't look well for, for women, but again, again, every person has a right to do what they want with their body. And I'm not going to sit here and begrudge porn because I do enjoy it to some degree, but you know, I'm also single. so.
1: Right. Yeah. So if, uh, so, so the company I, I started, no X, uh, no X.net, we treat pornography addiction with medication. Um, uh, the, the first medication, uh, naltrexone, how it works is it, one, makes a person less impulsive overall. Two, it helps to reduce intrusive thoughts about pornography. And then three, the biggest one, is it limits the endorphin release from external stimuli. Okay. And the next question I usually get is, well, is it going to limit the endorphin release from things I enjoy, like, like sex with my spouse or running or exercising or hugging my kids? Well, short answer is no. Because um, it, it it does it from from the on the receptors in the brain from external stimuli, so it's most helpful for like uh, people who kind of Pavlov Pavlov's law. When you, when you open your computer, somebody who's chronically used porn, they open their computer, their brain is already releasing dopamine because they know what's coming, mm. and, and that starts the snowball. So a person could be just have to open their computer for work and then all of a sudden they're on a site that they shouldn't be and they don't know how they got there. Like one thing led to another one thought led to another. So this medication will help to stop that. And um, I always say medication is a tool. Um, You still have to do all the hard work, but it it happens that jobs are easier when you have the right tools for the right job. So Mm -hmm. I always recommend therapy as well. So. Therapy is really the gold standard. Cognitive behavioral therapy and motivational interviewing are really the two gold standards for
0: addiction. So it doesn't stop you from having erections. It just stops you from having that curiosity right. of you, that search for that rain yeah, that, that, that you'll snowball, never find.
1: Uh, yeah, a snowball of dopamine kind of shuts that down. And it may not take it all away. Uh, but the first to do all the hard work. Right. And um, I told somebody what I do, and they thought I did chemical castration. And I no, this is not at all what that is. <laughs> so, that was Maltrexone. Uh The next medication we use is citalopram. You can be on one or the other or both. Um, citalopram is a very common antidepressant. It helps with porn addiction by decreasing the anxiety related to porn or stopping porn. And then it does cause sexual dysfunction, uh, or decreases a person's libido. And that's the side effects from the antidepressant, but we're actually using it for that effect. Yeah. Oftentimes it's single to like that medication. Um, people who aren't in a relationship and don't necessarily need um, a high libido and they don't mind a, a decrease in libido. That would be an option for
2: them.
0: Yeah. Well, I'd be amiss if I didn't ask this, like, where does the, the child porn addiction come in? Because I know that's a big thing, and, and obviously it's gross, but, I mean, I'm sure that, that probably gets lumped in there somehow.
1: Yeah, where you have your porn addiction, and then you have your illegal stuff. Right. And that's kind of crossing the line of but being... um, You have your, your mild, mild porn users, average porn users, extreme users, and then illegal users.
0: No. And but I
1: mean... That becomes... Like, if, go ahead.
0: No, no, because... Again, there are people are going to write people off for anything. And I, I'm not condoning masturbating to child porn. But, you know, addiction is an addiction. And it, it's a very similar one because it's just something, they found something, their dopamine is coming from something that's awful. But also if they were a person who was molested and horrible things happened to them, to some degree it isn't their fault. And how can't we try to rehabilitate them just like you would rehabilitate a person with a porn addiction it's very similar it's just we find that one more grotesque than the other but you know there are people again there are people that are struggling and from you know again there are people dealing with the obvious opioids cocaine and whatever and then there are people that are sniffing that spray that they spray on their computers and their printers and whatever that shit is that air stuff like there's stuff that's very unusual And we can't really understand it because we don't know anyone with that experience. I don't know anyone who jerked off to child, to children, but Mm -hmm. I've been, I've been in some really dark places mentally of just wanting to kill myself, wanting to hurt other people. And I can't judge anyone who is into that. So, I mean, have you ever tried to, have you ever, you know, been brought upon trying to help someone with that kind of problem?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Oftentimes, you're right. It, there is some type of trauma yeah. there that, with most addictions, that's 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 how it starts—is a trauma. I talked to one therapist, and they—nine out of ten. Well, I, this is a statistic that, that's not a real one, but this is just me talking with a therapist. Yeah. That like nine out of ten of the addicts had some type of sexual abuse done to them, and this was when I was working in uh, opiate addiction. Uh, if there's so there's, you're just compensating for that, um, looking to, to fill a gap in there. But oftentimes people don't start with child porn; they'll start with porn, and then it starts the 18 year old and then you know the 18-year-olds looking younger and younger and younger. Yeah. Before you know it, they're they're doing preteens and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it goes back to the escalating, building a tolerance to the porn, to the to the dopamine down regulation and w- wanting something more novel, more extreme. And like you said, you tell me I can't do it. It's even more fun when I do do it. And mm-hmm. that's where the illegal stuff comes in. And, and because it is illegal, now you're getting away with something. And So there's a lot of uh, a lot of stuff going on in the brain at that point. and uh, definitely, try to try to rehabilitate um for sure but at some point you i was talking to somebody just yesterday on a podcast um uh, a pastor uh religious figure ended up doing a lot of horrible things to kids he's in jail now he doesn't regret it he'll he'd, he'd do it again if he got out now of course this person's in jail for the rest of his life but and at some point, like this person isn't isn't even open to rehabilitation himself, let alone us giving them the chance.
0: Yeah, no, I, I just I just wanted to make sure we talked about it because I know, you know, it's it's obviously very similar, but it's, it's something it, it plagues a lot of people. Uh, There are people that are are not happy with it, and I like that you said that. It's almost like they're kind of leveling down or leveling up in a way, where it's like, I'm going to tempt myself. Okay, 18. Okay, so this girl looks like she's 14, but she's really 18, but she's playing really young. And then it's like, okay, but how can I go? Mm, Let me try a little younger. And you you start to tempt yourself and, and... um, you know, for the, for the rest of us, the, the regular people or, you know, how we're supposed to feel, we also just go, okay, that's gross. There's nothing about that that's attractive, but there are people that find that just like there are people that watch porn and then, you know, just regular people screwing. And it's like, well, you know, oral sex and, you know, interracial and all that, and that stuff doesn't mean for me. I need someone pissing on somebody. It's, you go to a point where it's just, you know, and I, I, I don't know. We haven't talked about, it, but there, it's been one of the things people have talked about with serial killers. A lot of like the major serial killers, mm-hmm. one of their biggest issues is they were addicted to porn, uh, or oh. and they were they were introduced to porn really young, and it was something that triggered them. Um, oh. However, true it is or not, that is a as a real theme in a lot of those of their backstories.
1: Oh yeah, and that that is there's a, there's a lot of research studies done on it. And we don't know if it's a causative factor or or just like an incidental finding.
0: Right, yeah. And then you also don't ever know if some of these people are trying to make them crazier, like make their lore. Because you always say, it's like, well, they say Jeffrey Dahmer killed like eight people. You always hear somebody say, yeah, but he killed, he might have killed 60. And like they add to the lore of his craziness. And sometimes these people, they are crazy, but they're also brilliant, a lot of them. Uh, but they sometimes they add certain things to spice it up, like what Hollywood would do with a story. It's like, oh, and again, I'm not saying that they they didn't jerk off to porn, but sometimes they throw stuff in there to make them worse. It's like, yeah, but he 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 also ate, you know, bats. It's like, did he though? You know, maybe he tried one. I don't know, but he cooked one one day, but he didn't eat a whole bat. It's just they sometimes <laughs> they add to stories just to spice it up for. Do whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but that is a real theme though with serial killers that, that porn is yeah. is, is yeah. Been a problem and then they, they say there's certain porn porn can definitely trigger some things. But again, like most of us we could watch it and it's just like, okay, it's just for pleasure. And mm. that's it. And yeah, sure, you you may go a little extra and try to push the boundaries of, you know, maybe you you've been on this site too long and you're trying to find this unicorn video that's in your head that you've fantasize forever and you can't find it so eventually you just you know get off to some random video that probably wasn't even what you wanted but it's like you know it is what it is but there's there's a certain point where you you're just you know it's so extreme and you have to have this feeling and if you don't get it it's, it's gonna ruin you i know bullet Sorry, my cat's meowing. yeah um now uh, we haven't really talked about what for, for as an because we don't I don't have any example of someone who was addicted to porn but you you yourself was addicted to porn right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Like I said, I started uh, I was exposed to it at ten. I thought it was <laughs> thought it was cool, and then intermittently throughout my teen years, and then uh, I kind of hit a wall in my early twenties. I one day looked in the mirror and I was like, you know what? I think I watched porn every day this month. I was like, I don't want to be that person, <laughs> and so so I kind of took a break and, and stopped. And then uh, getting married, I was like, oh, that's going to solve that problem, right? Huh. So that, that that's uh, that's kind of the ongoing <laughs> joke. Anybody who's married knows about that
2: right,
0: right? Uh,
1: most opposites truth. <laughs> true. It's, right. it's going to be sometimes more frustrating sexually um, than than if you were single. So and then it was kind of. <laughs> Kind of like what the, the the example I gave, uh, like uh, watch a, a binge on porn for a week and then and then a month off.
0: What was your bottom? Because, like where you knew like is this is like really bad.
1: Um. Well, the one time I looked at myself in the mirror in my early twenties, but I couldn't stop. And then it this one phrase when I I think I was turning thirty. Um, You have to be the man you want your daughters to marry. And that phrase stuck with me. It stuck with me. Mm -hmm. And knowing what I know about mental health, I know that porn. no matter if nobody ever catches me watching porn, it changes me. It's going to change me. And I don't want my daughter marrying somebody who's addicted to porn. And... I know if I'm going to, I'm going to have to stop. Right? And then I have to be that man because she's going to be attracted to somebody who's like me. And she may never even know. And hopefully, hopefully she'll never know. Uh, although uh, me starting this company, I'm pretty open about porn with my kids and yeah, how they should sure. stay away from it and everything. But um, I'm, I'm, I know that, uh, and that was kind of my turning point there.
2: Okay.
0: Now, are you are you like just super anti-porn? Like, you just hate it and you want nothing to do with it? That's a good question. Um, because, I mean... You it, mean,
1: like, the, personally or professionally?
0: Well, both. Because, I mean, look, porn does help people. There, there's there's a lot of guys that make really bad decisions. I, I say guys mainly because guys have a harder time controlling their sexual urges than women do. Um, yeah. Because of there's a certain point where you get a hard-on... And even if a girl bumps it or whatever, you get to a point where you're like, I got to get off. Like, especially when you're really young and you're just fertile and you just have to get off. Um, And there's a certain point where you have to get off. And and sometimes guys will make kids and whatever teenager will make really bad decisions. But if they would have just went home and watched a little porn and jerked off... Um, they wouldn't have done the things that they did. And I'm not even just talking about rape or anything like really heinous, but just stupid stuff. Like just, you know, sleep with a girl that they didn't need to, maybe they got an STD or something, or they just made, right. got a girl pregnant when it's just like, because that thrill of, Oh God, I just wanted to come. And, and it, so, for, yeah, for you, like, cause I know you had a bad history with it, but I mean, I mean, are you so anti-porn cause you hate it? Cause it was, you know, a bane of your existence or you hated it so much, or is it just, you're just, it's not for you.
2: Personally,
1: I'm 100% against it. Okay. And professionally, I realize that, one, there's no way for us to completely get whatever porn. And I know that there are people who, who are, yeah, I respect that. If, if, if you're going to do that, that's fine. But like I said earlier, there, there are some objectively bad things about porn. That um, before you consume porn, you should at least know that yes, you are contributing to the sex trade, uh, and yes, some of the some of the videos you, you watch, the consent consent may be blurred or a little gray. Yeah. Are you okay with that ethically? And um,
0: let me play devil's advocate. So, because and I, I always call them landmines because it doesn't. No matter what you buy or do in life, you're going to do something that's against your morals. Let's say I buy iPhones. Well, they basically enslave Chinese children to make their phones. I don't agree with that. I hate that shit. But if I buy Samsung, what do they do? You know, like, so yes, you're right. Like there's, there's a lot of bad, that goes in porn, but people don't watch porn because they grab children and they enslave them and they do whatever it is they do. But it's like, I'm not saying porn has a lot of great things about it, but it, it's a distraction. And we, in, in the world we live in, distractions are needed because there's so much bad shit out in the world. And porn is not on the top 20 of, of what's going on. And I'm not saying it because I like it. I don't need porn in my life. It's if I'm with somebody who we have good sex, then sure, I'm, 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 you know, unless she's not around and whatever. But I don't need it. But it, it, it serves a purpose for when I need it. Now again, I don't have an addiction to it. But um, but like heroin, let's say, because like, when you put on the level of like, let's say something so bad like heroin, there's nothing good about heroin. There's just nothing. Heroin doesn't need, doesn't have any good results whatsoever. Yes, people do it. There are people that function well on it. There's people that live a long time doing it. But heroin is not good. It's not like cigarettes. Heroin. heroin. Go
1: ahead. Heroin is a great pain medication. It's, it's about eight times. It's almost a hundred times stronger than morphine. Yeah. And. A lot of my patients, they are chronic pain patients, and you know, what? heroin will take away your pain. It just comes with a whole lot of side effects.
0: No, yeah, of course, um,
1: yeah. I'm just, so, I'm just, I'm uh, just in but
0: comparison. Yeah, to, I'm just comparison as far as like the porn thing. Like, you know, I get I get why you don't like it, but also, like I said, there's people that just it's it's just their thing. They they just it helps them. It distracts them. I mean, it does help with anxiety. Um, as a person who has anxiety, uh, I don't use it for that, but. It has helped. Um, You know, again, like I said, I I understand why you wouldn't like it, but it's, I don't know. It's for me, like, it's it's something I don't think I would be against it just because it's like, it is what it is. Again, like, I understand the the sex trafficking and all that, but you can't really escape that with anything. You could not watch porn and survive, sure. But, again, try not to buy any products. Don't buy from Amazon ever. Don't, you know, don't support any of these companies and you're 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 going to be living out in the woods because you you're because if you purchase anything and any of these major companies, you're going to deal with somebody who's doing something bad to someone else, and porn isn't excluded from it.
2: Right.
0: No,
1: I agree. I know there's no way for us. I'm not trying to take down the porn industry or anything. No, I know. Um, I just, just because um, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But but imagine if even ten percent of the people watching porn decided. We're just mild porn porn users like yourself. Decided not to. I'm I'm just instead of watching porn, I'm going to do X, Y, Z, and that's going to take away the demand for porn by 10. percent So that's going to take away the supply of porn, um, and then there's going to be less people trapped. And, and it goes back to yeah, you know, our T-shirts are made by by people with, with unethical unethical working situations. So I, I get it, and it's a it is a hard question. There's really no good answer.
0: Yeah. And what I mean, what doesn't make anything better is, I mean, porn isn't, like, the mainstream porn isn't, like, the money is, isn't is what it used to be because everything's free now. And that's yeah. why OnlyFans and, and a lot of these special, like, the top-notch stars will have their own sites that are dedicated to them so that people will buy their stuff. But... yeah. A lot of the like the middle tier and, and the newcomers, they ain't gonna make the money unless they have a specific look or something about them that draws attention. But overall, the money isn't in the porn industry anymore because of you know Pornhub and, and all these uh, free it sites. It isn't.
1: It is. Porn isn't in the the money isn't with the porn actors and actresses. No. Much like Google is free and but makes billions. Yeah. Pornhub's free, but they make billions too.
0: Yeah. I mean, I know OnlyFans and stuff like that is hurting them, but it's you know it's just one thing. But you look, look as an example, look at what happened with with OnlyFans recently. They said they were going to get rid of all their explicit content. And as soon as they did that, they lost a shitload of members and everybody, every porn star, every person was like, we're done. We don't need you. We'll just make our own content. And they immediately pushed. They immediately jumped back and said, no, 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 never mind. We're not doing that. Because they knew right. their whole company would it's crash. Yeah. Their company would yeah. be done. Because that, that's why people go. And, and OnlyFans is a really good example of how I think porn addiction, because it, it's kind of like a video game where, you know, video games were always free. And then there's this online downloadable content, and you're like, okay, I'll pay ten dollars for some new levels or whatever. And then mm-hmm. and then all these like apps came out, these games like Angry Birds and all that. And it's like, well, now I need a new like uh, what's the big shooting game every all the dumb kids play? Um, oh, Fortnite. Fortnite. And it's all those V bucks, yeah. and you buy outfits, and you do all this horse shit. And you're like, oh my god, like you just spent fifty dollars on a pair of jeans for this guy. And it's like, so when I made the example is, is that, or the analogy is because when you go to OnlyFans for people who haven't been on this site, you go on there and you pay a subscription to be on just one person, not the entire, like, it's not like Netflix where you pay 15 bucks and you get to watch everything on it. You pay 20 bucks, 15 bucks, 10 bucks, whatever is for a specific person. And then they have other content that's like even more explicit. So you get, to, you could pay per video and all that. And I only tried OnlyFans one time. It's horseshit. It's pointless. But I, I, see how these people make so much money off of it. It's yeah. a complete ripoff for the, for the, the consumer. But when you go to buy, uh, so yeah, so so then, so if you're like, oh, but now I want to go to the neck, I want to find someone else on here, someone else I like. Right. Well, now you have to pay more for them, and then you could Mm -hmm. you could pay specific for private videos directed to you, dedicated to you, and there's so much to it. But you're just constantly throwing out money. And so I'm imagine if someone is has a porn addiction, they're broke, and then you have to have some like when you're using these kind of platforms because. Or you have yeah. to have a lot of money because your income has got to be just going to this because it's expensive. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I don't know how much you, you get into that kind of stuff, but I mean, the financial realm of that, like, there's a lot of people that don't have the kind of money to throw up. I mean, the, the porn is, like, what we talked about, a lot of it is free, but there's 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 that dopamine of, but there's stuff I can't see. Oh, I, got, right. I need to pay for this. And then you're like, okay, well, that's cool, but oh, but... For another $10, I can get a personal video with my name in it. And it gets to a point where yeah. I can see how this has got to be really bad for, for those who are suffering from mm-hmm. addiction. Because now it's a financial yeah. problem.
2: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. It's, it. you know, I mean, I've never had to break it down, even really put it in my head, but it, it's, it's amazing. I mean, it's good to be honest about this because, I mean, I, I love that you're being so honest about it and that you even, you know, are open to even talking about I had one myself cuz a lot of people were very shameful because porn when you even hear porn we try we we try to act like the the world we live in isn't a sexualized world we try to we try to make it like it's taboo but it's not it's it's so silly because the end of the day if if cuz i one of the things that one of the big things that people do in porn one of the, like the the categories is like step brother thing right but like at the end of the day they're not really related but for some reason they they have a line where it's like well we're not going to be brother and sister but it's like what's the point i don't even know why you're even like people will jerk off to it or or, or play with themselves to it no matter what it, it's like don't act like you have a line now because it, it's so it's so out there and they're just you know and but again like i said porn is so but then when we get to like regular basic television we have to show shadows or we have to cut to commercial when the two are about to kiss. When if you go to HBO, you're seeing titties and ass everywhere. So it's like, it's this weird mix where it's like, you know, the biggest song in the world a couple, like two years ago was a song called wet ass pussy. And it was all over the radio. They just changed the word pussy. I forget what they changed it to, but it's a very sexualized song that sets women back. God knows how many years and there's nothing wrong with women being sexualized, but it's just it's just girls yelling about their vaginas, and it's like holy shit. So like we we try to pretend like this world isn't a sexualized world. We go everything's taboo. We can't we can't. I mean especially we're in cancel culture, so we have to we can't we can't say all the no no words. We have to say that they're the letter words now. So mm-hmm. it's so ridiculous when the the reality is everyone's having sex, porn is everywhere, and. Mm-hmm. Every movie or show has something where somebody's hooking up. It's just whether how far they go with the visualization of it. But mm-hmm. again, like I said, I, I, so I I'd love that we can talk about this because, like I said, when you even hear porn, it's like, oh, huh, that's it's he he, porn. And it's like yeah, yeah, but it's a real yeah. it's a problem for people and it's something that helps people. So I don't like why are we why right. are we acting like it does like it's this thing in the shadows? Because yeah, honestly. Real
1: in
0: our culture, for sure. To be honest, there's some of those porn actresses can act better than some of the real actors in real life. That's the sad part. But you know, that's <laughs> another story. But I mean, not not most of them. But I'm just saying, it's yeah. we we act like this is like something that's so taboo, and it's it's really not because it's on every, it's it's two clicks away on everybody's screen. Right. And it's for sure. Yeah, and so I guess it's good that you you doing what you're doing because you're 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 taking the angle of helping people and there are people that need it and if if everyone pretends like this thing doesn't exist well then there's a lot of porn addicts out there that are never going to get the help that you're providing
2: yeah yeah
0: absolutely um do you have any like you have a website or anything yeah
1: no net. no the letter uh word no n-o-x.net dash and uh That We do telemedicine in all 50 states in Washington, D.C., and you can go in there and um, look at all the content, and we have some resources. If you still have questions, um, go to the About Me section. You can actually set up a quick Zoom meeting with myself, the the founder, and we've spent 10 minutes answering some of your questions about Mm -hmm. medication-assisted
0: treatment. That's cool. Um, did, did we cover everything? Because okay. I just said, I said, I don't know much about porn addiction other than the basics. So yeah. I want to make yeah. sure we covered everything. Uh,
1: yeah. One thing I do want to, to to put out there for parents, we did talk about average age of exposure is, is 11. And the content is different than when we were growing up. It's, it's not just a playboy and, and a still image of movies. It's some hardcore stuff. So to protect your kids, I typically recommend an internet blocker. Uh, while they're younger and as they get older i recommend transitioning to a uh, accountability software so not not necessarily shielding them giving them a little bit of slack to mess up while you still have some sway over them but for the younger kids give them the words the vocabulary to let, let them know what what, what uh, they're seeing because uh, if the parents can't say penis and vagina without giggling or, or taboo in the house then and then the kids are—they don't have a chance to have a a, a a sex education. So give them, give your kids a sex education, and tell them what porn is. Like this is what this is pornography. And and if you don't want your kids well, watching porn, obviously because I believe it's—I don't know the laws on porn, children watching porn, but it's it's uh, it can be considered child abuse. Um, but um, tell your kids like this is what you do. This is porn. And when you see it, this is what I want you to do, and then come home and tell me. And then, as a parent, your job is not to freak out and not to call, you know, Susie, Joe's dad or mom and, and yell at them for it's, what, exposing their kid to porn. Right? Have an action plan because we know it's going to happen, and let's let's come up with a good plan for when it does happen. We can respond well to it.
0: Yeah, for sure. Like I said, I'm I'm always big on. You know, kind of putting the light on on subject matter that just doesn't get talked about enough. It's 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 a long time coming. There's too much of this stuff that we just we can't pretend like it doesn't exist. No matter how, how uncomfortable it makes us feel, how angry, how sad, whatever, whatever emotion, at least you get an emotion from it, like something. Yeah. It, jolt, it jolts conversation. Let's just talk and let's just see the perspective. And you know, again, there's people that are suffering, and and you gotta help them regardless of how crazy it may seem and odd or whatever, just understand that somebody's struggling with it from it and just be grateful that it's not you because, you know, I'm glad I don't have a drug problem. I'm glad I don't have a porn or alcohol problem. I'm glad I don't have sex addiction. Um, But I, you know, I, I, I realize that it's, it's, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for it, but I also know like you said, when you were in the hospital, there watching some of your patients, and you're like, Jesus Christ, this could be me. Like, I'm not dumb. Like, I know. I could be one of these people in, in some way, shape, or form. So um, I'm glad what you're doing. You're doing a lot of good work, man. I appreciate you coming on.
1: Perfect. Yeah, I appreciate you having me, and, uh, yeah, thanks.
0: Yeah, buddy. Um, like I said, keep in touch, and uh, I'll let you know when it comes out. All right, thanks. All right, brother. Bye. Bye. Alright guys, so um, before we get out of here, I should probably apologize to my family. (sighs) Sorry family. And everyone who knows, well there's certain people that know me that just know like, okay, this is clearly like, of course he knows a lot about porn, why wouldn't he? Because it's how he talks. Um, But yeah, I didn't even go as deep as I could have. There was that one episode we talked a lot about wrestling, you could tell I knew too much about wrestling, well... I think most people that love me would prefer me to talk about wrestling, uh, but it's okay. It is what it is. I, like I said, I like to just be honest, man. I don't know if it makes me weird that I know so many porn actresses and and you know whatever. Like it's it is what it is. You know I've been masturbating for oh boy. This, this just sounds like I'm like really like putting myself out there as an addict. But I've been masturbating since I was like ten. Whatever, man. I ain't doing no harm, and it, but I, I really enjoy, on an all serious level, I, on a serious note. I really like that we get to talk about topics that people don't like to touch, no pun intended, because it, it makes people feel weird and icky and and you know get those weird chills. Like Ugh, I don't want to talk about that. That's silly. Well, there's some stuff about this. There's certain parts of these topics that aren't really funny because there are people are hurting and dying because of this stuff. Uh, Maybe not dying. I mean, I don't know. Maybe somebody died over their porn addiction. I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, Don't touch a porn addict's uh, collection. May get stabbed. I don't know. Anyway, I'm glad we got to talk about this. I don't feel weird at all. I mean, it's kind of funny just to share this stuff because I forget that, like, it goes out and people who are related to me who just know parts of my story and then this shit comes out and it's like oh no I know too much about him now but fuck it sorry guys I that's the last apology you get cause I'm fun with this one I like I like this stuff I, I really enjoy talking about these odd topics that come out of nowhere I never like when I actually when I was talking to him off mic and he brought this up I didn't even know where this episode was going because I do so many of these and I just got back from the gym and I am going back to the gym and I don't love it, but it gets me out of the house. And, you know, we'll see. Anyway, um, but I'm, I'm just—I didn't know where this episode was going to go, and it—you i didn't know where what the topic was going to be. I knew mental health was involved, but I didn't know it was going to be about sex and porn. But I'm all for it, you know. So you got to get to know a little more about me. Um, you either like me more, you hate me more, you're disgusted by me. Either way, you have a feeling towards me, and that's all I want. Because I'm an attention hole. They're not really, but I'll see you guys on the next one. Keep your heads up, and uh, you know, hope everyone again is doing okay. Keep fighting. I know everybody has tough times, and even if you're having a good time today, doesn't mean you're gonna have a good time tomorrow. So just uh, toughen up and prepare for war, everyone. And, uh, hang in there, all right, guys. I'll see you guys next week. Bye. <laughs>